how amazing is the Holy Spirit? That's why I always pray about uh, the Holy Spirit speaking above and beyond what I say, because I find it an absolute miracle that, that the Holy Spirit can be upon the teaching and the preaching of the word and he can translate what I'm saying directly into your situation. I, I find it a miracle. And then today, today the church calendar remembers Pentecost, which was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit for every person. So I'm going to speak about the Holy Spirit. The title of my book is Go Downstairs. Go Downstairs. Go Downstairs. Go downstairs. That's the title of my talk. Go downstairs. Or it could be an alternative title. Um, go and walk alongside that chariot. Go and walk alongside that chariot. So let me just read Acts 1. Um, Acts 1. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. Acts 1 verse 4 to 8. This is after uh, Jesus' death and resurrection. He's about to go to heaven and he says to his disciples, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait here until you receive the gift I told you about, the gift the Father has promised. For John baptised in water, but in a few days from now, you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. Every time they gather together, they ask Jesus, Lord, is now the time for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He answered, the father is the one who sets the fixed dates and the times of their fulfillment. You are not permitted to know the timing of all that he has prepared by his own authority. But I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be filled with power and you will be my messengers, my witnesses to Jerusalem throughout Judea, the distant provinces and even to the remotest places on earth. Debden, Essex, and other remote places. Okay, if you want to read all about the coming of the Holy Spirit, I would really encourage you to read Acts chapter 2. That's, that's the chapter in the Bible that records the moment in history when the promise was fulfilled and the prophecy was fulfilled and the Holy Spirit came in power and filled the disciples. So the Holy Spirit is a good thing to talk about. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person that you can have a relationship with. Who is thankful for their relationship with the Holy Spirit? I'm so thankful for my relationship with the Holy Spirit. When Jesus came, he was in Israel, in the region of Galilee, etc., etc., and he was teaching people who came into direct contact with him. So people were around him, either two people or 12 people or crowds of people, but they were in direct contact with him, hearing his words with their own ears. But since Pentecost, through his spirit, Jesus can work through billions of people all at once because we have his spirit. Wow. Now, every believer across the whole of planet Earth can be tuned in to Jesus's teaching. We can be tuned in to heaven. We can be tuned in to HQ because we have the Holy Spirit. We have a relationship with the Holy Spirit speaking to us. Now, you know, I've said this to you before. I was wondering, how do we mobilize the church? Well, 
if every believer on planet earth is tuned in to the Holy Spirit and obeying what he tells them to do, my friends, the church will be mobilized. That is it. That is the heavenly strategy. The Holy Spirit sends. The Holy Spirit has been sending disciples for centuries. And the Holy Spirit is still sending disciples today on the 31st of May, 2020. The Holy Spirit is sending. The Holy Spirit is mobilizing. Let's look at some examples of the early church. So I'm reading from the Passion Translation. I'm going to, the first example I'm going to read is Acts chapter 8 and it's 25 to 40. So I'll read it. And see if you can watch out for the Holy Spirit sending, for the Holy Spirit mobilising this person called Philip. So, um, after Peter and John, uh, so it's Acts chapter 8 from verse 25. After Peter and John had testified and taught the word of God in that city, they returned to Jerusalem, stopping at many Samaritan villages along the way to preach the hope of the gospel. Then the Lord's angel said to Philip, go south from Jerusalem on the desert road to Gaza. He left immediately on his assignment. Along the way, he encountered an Ethiopian who believed in the God of the Jews, who was a minister of finance for Candice, the queen of Ethiopia. He was on his way home from worshipping God in Jerusalem. As he rode along in his chariot, he was reading from the scroll of Isaiah and the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go and walk alongside the chariot. The Holy Spirit sent Philip to go and walk alongside the chariot. How did he hear that? He was tuned in to heaven and the Holy Spirit put it on his heart to go and walk alongside the chariot. And he did go and walk alongside the chariot. And he found a man reading from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And he was reading the prophecies about Jesus. And after he finished reading them, the Ethiopian said to this strange man who's just appeared at the side of his chariot, hello, fancy seeing you here. I'm on my way back to Ethiopia in my chariot and you've popped up. He said to him, can you tell me who is the prophet speaking of? Now that, my friends, is an evangelistic opportunity for Philip. Who's the prophet speaking about? Philip started with this passage and he shared with him the wonderful message of Jesus. As they were travelling down the road, the man said, look, there's a pool of water. Why don't I get baptised? My friends, that man got saved. My friends, that man went with Jesus. And the Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go and walk alongside the chariot. The Holy Spirit mobilised Philip. Philip obeyed. The Ethiopian got saved and went back to Ethiopia with Jesus in his heart. Now I'm guessing this next bit, but I'm guessing that he went back to Ethiopia and spread the good news of Jesus. And I'm guessing that the gospel came to Ethiopia. All because the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go and walk alongside the chariot. And Philip went and walked alongside the chariot. It's quite simple, really, isn't it? Divine appointment. Okay, Acts chapter 10. Oh, Lord, the divine appointments. The Holy Spirit has been sending people for centuries. So Acts chapter 10. Um, this is the story of a man named Cornelius. 
Cornelius had a soft heart towards God. He was a generous man and he believed in God, but he didn't know about Jesus. He didn't know the gospel. He wasn't saved. He wasn't born again. He wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit. But one day an angel came to him and said, you need to send for a man named Peter. And he told Cornelius exactly where Peter was. And he said, send for him, get him to come to your house and listen to what he's got to say. So Cornelius sent servants to find Peter and to bring him back to the house. So Peter is minding his own business in Joppa and he's waiting for lunch and he's on top of, he's on the roof of the house waiting for his lunch, but he's, he's with the Lord. I'll read it from verse nine. So Acts chapter nine, Acts chapter 10, verse nine. The next day around noon, Cornelius's men were approaching Joppa so they were on their way to Joppa to find this man called Peter. And Peter went up to the flat roof of the house to pray. He was hungry and he wanted to eat. But while lunch was being prepared, he fell into a trance. And then the Lord started speaking to him and he had this vision. So you, you can read that for yourselves. And in verse 19, it says, Peter was in deep thought. He was trying to interpret the vision that he'd had when the Holy Spirit said to him, Go downstairs. Go downstairs now. There are three men looking for you. Don't hesitate to go with them because I have sent them. So Peter went downstairs. There were the three men who had called, who had been sent to him. Peter went with them back to Cornelius's house. When he got to Cornelius's house, Cornelius gathered together his whole family and they said to Peter, so what is it that you've got to tell us? Peter told them about Jesus. And as Peter was telling them about Jesus, the Holy Spirit began to descend upon them. And all over the place, they were getting filled with the Holy Spirit, born again, baptized with power. And so Peter was like, well, we better baptize them in water because clearly Jesus has come to save this Gentile household. The Holy Spirit said to Peter, go downstairs and go with these men. The Holy Spirit has been sending people for centuries. In Acts chapter 13, verse 2, um, some of the disciples in Antioch, so Antioch was a city just north of Jerusalem, and a church had been birthed there because people had gone and spread the gospel there. And some of the leaders of the church, they were all gathering to pray and they were worshipping and fasting together. And in Acts chapter 13, verse 2, it says, While they were worshipping before the Lord in prayer and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, I have called Barnabas and Saul to do an important work for me. Now release them to go and fulfill it. So after they fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and they sent them off. Do you know that Barnabas and Saul went on the most incredible missionary journey? In fact, Paul was traveling really for the rest of his life, going to places across planet Earth where nobody had heard the good news of Jesus. And he spent the rest of his life spreading the good news of Jesus and planting churches, planting churches, planting churches, appointing leaders seeing people saved, seeing people born again, seeing people baptised in the Holy Spirit, that man rigorously advanced the kingdom. And that man was sent 
by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit sent him. The Holy Spirit sent Barnabas. The Holy Spirit said, I have called Barnabas. I have called Saul to do an important work for me. Now release them to go and fulfill it. The world was never the same again after Paul was released to spread the good news of Jesus. The gospel message went across the globe. Thank you, Jesus. In Acts 16, verse 6, this is interesting. I love this. In Acts 16, verse 6, Paul's mid one of his journeys. So he's on one of his big, massive, long missionary journeys. And I mean, please read the book of Acts. It's so incredible. Paul didn't have a bicycle. Let me tell you that Paul did not have a car. Paul did not have a coach or a bus or a minibus. Paul maybe had a donkey at a push, but most likely he was on foot, travelling the globe with the good news of Jesus. Come on, Jesus. How did he know where to go, I hear you asking? Well, one day the Holy Spirit said to him in Acts chapter 16, verse 6, the Holy Spirit had, forgiven, had forbidden Paul and his partners to preach the word in the southwestern provinces of Turkey. So they ministered throughout the region of central and west central Turkey. So there's Paul on his missionary journey and the Holy Spirit says, no, you're not to go there. So the Holy Spirit has been sending people for centuries. The Holy Spirit has also been leading and guiding people specifically where to go and where not to go. Because, you know, as human beings, sometimes we're not tuned into heaven. Sometimes we're not going where God has told us to go. And we have our own bright ideas and we have our own thoughts about what we should do and where we should go and who we should be with. And they're not the Holy Spirit's ideas. And if we're not tuned into heaven, we'll end up in the wrong place in the wrong time. If we're not tuned into heaven, we'll end up in the southwestern provinces of Turkey. And the Holy Spirit has forbidden you to go to that province. The Holy Spirit has said, no, don't go there. But if you're not listening properly, you'll end up there. But if you're listening, if you're tuned in, then you'll end up in central and west central Turkey, which is exactly the place that the Holy Spirit has sent you to, exactly the place where you have the divine appointments, exactly the place where the gospel is going to break out in power. So if the Holy Spirit says, don't go, don't go. If the Holy Spirit says, go downstairs, or if the Holy Spirit says, go and get alongside that chariot, then go. But if he says, don't go, then don't go. Go, don't go. We need to tune in. Finely tuned. Okay, last one, Acts chapter 20. Can you see that? Can you see the role of the Holy Spirit sending the disciples? Can you see what he was doing? So excited. There is no difference for us today. Where's the Holy Spirit sending you? I remember when the Holy Spirit said to me, I want you to move to Debden. I was like, yes, Lord. Woohoo! Okay, right, Acts chapter 20, verse 22 to 24. This is Paul speaking towards the end of his life. After he has, after he has led the most incredible life imaginable, spreading the gospel, he's coming to the end, the end now. And this is what he says to his friends in Acts chapter 20, 22, he says, I am being compelled by the Holy Spirit to go to Jerusalem. Compelled by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was compelling him to go to Jerusalem without really knowing what will happen to me there. Yet I do know that the Holy Spirit warns me in town after town 
saying, chains and afflictions are prepared for you. So the Holy Spirit was telling Paul to go to Jerusalem, but Paul knew he was walking into trouble. And actually what happened to him in Jerusalem is that he got arrested and he then spent a long time as a prisoner and he traveled to Rome and all of that. You'll have to read Acts to really catch up on it. But still, even though he was leading him to that arrest, etc., the Holy Spirit was compelling him. And so he went where the Holy Spirit was compelling him to go. Because if you think about it, if you knew that chains and afflictions were prepared for you, how obedient would you be? If you knew that where the Holy Spirit was sending you was going to bring you hardship, how obedient would you be? But listen to what Paul said. Listen to this man's heart. He said, whether I live or die is not important. Mate, there's a man who's got the right perspective on life. Whether I live or die is not important. I don't esteem my life as indispensable. It's more important for me to fulfill my destiny and to finish the ministry my Lord Jesus has assigned to me which is to faithfully preach the wonderful news of God's grace. Paul had his priorities straight. It was more important to him to fulfill the plans and purposes that God had for him. Come on, church. Come on, church. What's your priority? Is your life your priority? Or is your priority to fulfill the destiny that God has for you? Come on, church. Come on, church, the Holy Spirit is sending you. May I be as bold as to say the Holy Spirit is sending you. The Holy Spirit has been sending people for centuries. The Holy Spirit is sending people today. Today, 31st of May, 2020, the Holy Spirit is sending people. I know he is. I know he is. Now, like a scalpel in the surgeon's hand, these disciples, as the Holy Spirit was putting them exactly where they needed to be. You imagine how precise a surgeon has to be with his scalpel. That's how precise the Holy Spirit was with these disciples. He said to them, go downstairs. That is such a clear, precise word. There's nothing vague or general about that. It's a precise word. Go downstairs and go with these men. Go and walk alongside that chariot finely, finely tuned, Peter, Philip, Paul and Barnabas. In the hands of the Holy Spirit, they went exactly where they were meant to go. They were like an old-fashioned radio where you used to have to tune the dial and you tune it and tune it and tune it until it locks into place and then you can hear the sound clearly. I admire these men. I admire the way that they listened and followed the Holy Spirit. And think about Cornelius and his whole household saved. The Ethiopian eunuch saved. Turkey, all those places in Turkey where Paul went, all those people saved. Paul's life poured out like a drink offering to see people saved because he was a man who was finally tuned into the Holy Spirit and he went where the Holy Spirit told him to go and he didn't go where the Holy Spirit didn't want him to go. Do you want a relationship like that with the Holy Spirit? Do you? Do you want to be, do you want to be like a scalpel in the hands of the Holy Spirit? If he says to you, go there, say that, do that. Do you want to be powerful and effective for the Holy Spirit? Do you want to be sent by the Holy Spirit? Can I get it? Amen. Amen. 
Come on, Jesus. Okay, right. Now for the practical bit. How can we be finely tuned into the Holy Spirit? This is the part where you want to take notes if you're that type. How can we be finely tuned to the Holy Spirit? It's all really exciting. Like you think, yay, come on, Jesus, use me like that. But let's let's just think about let's think a little bit practically about how to. Right. The first thing how can we be finally changed to the Holy Spirit question? Answer. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to be involved and to influence every area of our lives. Okay? We need to be completely submitted to the Holy Spirit. That's hard. Let's not pretend it's easy. I'm not pretending it's easy. It's hard to be completely submitted to the Holy Spirit's agenda. Because sometimes, my friends, we have an agenda. But if we want to be led by the Holy Spirit, we need to be completely submitted to his agenda. And we need to allow him to influence us in every area of our lives, small and big. So some examples of, of the areas of our lives where we need to allow the Holy Spirit to influence us so our time what do you spend your time doing the holy spirit can influence how you spend your time so there is time to be fruitful and productive and to do what the holy spirit has asked you to do there is time to rest in the holy spirit there is time to rest there is time to literally do nothing and rest and just be in god's presence and the holy spirit will lead you into those times of rest so there's times to be fruitful and productive. There's times to rest. And you know what? We sometimes waste our time. We spend time doing things that the Holy Spirit hasn't asked us to do. Some of the stuff on TV, I'm sorry, but it's totally ungodly and unholy. It's, it, it completely, def it will defile you. The, the rude jokes, the innuendo, the sexual content, the lifestyles, the things that, that people are living on the shows that we're watching, I'm sorry, but it will defile you. And the Holy Spirit doesn't enjoy it. The Holy Spirit won't watch it with you. Sometimes we waste our time. Sometimes we waste our time on worldly activity. Sometimes we spend so much time on social media that we end up, our brains end up going down some kind of weird brain drain. It's a waste of time. I wonder if the Apostle Paul wasted any of his time. I mean, we only read about the great exploits, but I wonder if he wasted time playing backgammon. Who knows? Anyway, listen, finally tune yourself. Because sometimes you can, you can watch the TV and rest and it's okay. Obviously, it depends what you're watching. So I'm not saying, like, I'm not being a fundamentalist and saying throw your TVs out on the garden. But you do know what I am saying, though. We need to be tuned into the Holy Spirit to know when we're being fruitful and productive, when we're just resting and enjoying life in him, and when we're just blatantly wasting our time. The second thing is money. The Holy Spirit is, will direct you what to do with your money. Give all of your money and your wealth and your resources to God, and he will tell you what to buy. He will tell you what not to buy. Some of the things that you have bought, the Holy Spirit didn't give you permission to buy them. You bought them because you're part of a consumeristic, materialistic Western culture. The Holy Spirit didn't give you permission to buy that. You bought it because your mindset is Western and consumer. The Holy Spirit will give you permission to buy things, though. 
the Holy Spirit will tell you who to give your money and resources to. You know, the thing, one of the, one of the key principles of the kingdom is generosity. It's more blessed to give than to receive. So if you have resources and finances, there are things that the Holy Spirit wants to do on planet Earth and he needs your resources and your finances to make them happen. There are things that are priority, a, a priority of God. God has priorities, i.e. looking after orphans, looking after widows. They're God's priorities. And God wants us to use our finances to resource those ministries. It's, it, it simply does. The Holy Spirit has got an opinion on what you should do with your finances. Finally tune yourself in to the Holy Spirit and give your finances, give your resources to what God wants you to give them to. The Holy Spirit might tell you to save money, but offer your finances to the Holy Spirit and your resources and say, what do you want me to do? Whether you're rich or poor, it's the same difference. Think about the widow who gave all she had. She only gave a few copper coins and then there'll be people with lots of spare resources. It, it's not about how much, it's about your heart. So give all your finances to the Holy Spirit and ask him, make it a lifestyle. The Holy Spirit has an, has an opinion on your vocation. So what you're going to use your gifts and your talents and your energies to do. The Holy Spirit has, has places to send us to go and work. The Holy Spirit has an opinion on the location that we ourselves as, and our families live. The Holy Spirit wants us to live somewhere and bear fruit and extend the kingdom of God, whether it's Debden or wherever it is. The Holy Spirit might be calling you to go and live in some other nation or some other part of the country, but the Holy, the Holy Spirit will locate you and your family where he wants you to be if you finally tune yourself to him. The Holy Spirit's got an opinion about the words that come out of your mouth. Some of the things that you speak out of your mouth are really good and edifying and encouraging and they build the kingdom. But some of the stuff that you speak, you've got to stop speaking it. You've got to stop speaking curses over yourself. You've got to stop speaking negatively about other people. You've got to stop gossiping about other people. The Holy Spirit has an opinion on what you say. And if you tune yourself in... He will lead you and guide you and direct you into what you say. Our words are powerful. The Holy Spirit's got an opinion on the relationships you have. There are people in your life that God wants you to be alongside. There are people in your life that God has brought into your life for his kingdom purposes. But there are also people in your life that the Holy Spirit doesn't want you to be equally yoked with them. The Holy Spirit doesn't want you to be in a strong relationship with them and we need to discern and listen and tune in who does the holy spirit want us to be in relationship with what you eat the holy spirit has an opinion on what you eat there are a lot of good things that we can put into our bodies and we can be healthy and, and full of energy and full of health and we can serve the lord with our healthy bodies and there is also stuff that we can eat that will make us ill and overweight and sometimes the holy spirit says no more cookies what clothes you wear. The Holy Spirit has an opinion on how we, how we present ourselves to the world. There is, there is a certain, I mean, I'm getting really deep now, but I do believe that the Holy Spirit will say, no, you can't wear that. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, I could go on and on and on and on and on, but I'll leave it there. The Holy Spirit, let's, let's make a decision, my church, to allow the Holy Spirit to be involved in every area of our lives. It's so amazing to have that relationship with the creator of heaven and earth. The Holy Spirit is a person. 
ask him, listen to him, tune your ears to him. So, so excited. Right, this is a bit of how then. So this is not exhaustive, but this is some of the ways I believe that the Holy Spirit can speak to us. Like I said, it's not exhaustive. You might have your own examples. Number one, number one way that the Holy Spirit speaks to us, peace. Okay, in Colossians 3.15, it says, let the peace of Christ rule. Let it act as an umpire continually in your heart, deciding and settling with finality all the questions that arise in your mind. So an umpire, an umpire in a sports match says what's in and what's out. So in the same way, we allow the Holy Spirit to say to us what's in and what's out. Yes or no, the peace of God. So an example of this, you can lose your peace if you're about to take the wrong course of action. If you're about to do something that the Holy Spirit doesn't want you to do, you can, you can lose your peace and start to feel anxious about it. And you can just have a sense like, I don't think I'm meant to do that or I shouldn't have done that. But if you're walking in the, in the, in the, in the will of the Holy Spirit, then you will have peace. So an example, when I first learned this, about six centuries ago, I was going to go on a, a mission trip to Hungary. So it's, a, you know, like, wow, what's wrong with going on a mission trip to Hungary? What a great godly thing to do, you know? And I was going to go out there and work with kids through Samaritan's Purse and it was in the summer. And I, and I applied and I completely lost my peace. I started to feel really anxious about it. And I was very confused because I didn't understand about the peace of the Holy Spirit at the time because, you know, like, no one could say, oh, you sinful, wicked girl going on, a, going on a mission trip to help orphans in Hungary. But I completely lost my peace when I applied. And I was like, Whoa, what is going on? So I phoned up the person that was organising the mission trip and I said, I, I, I feel all really weird. I don't know why I've applied and I've been accepted, but I, I don't think I'm meant to be coming. And they were like, well, okay, yeah, the, the peace of God trumps everything. If you haven't got peace about it, then don't come. So I didn't go. Really didn't understand it. And then this was like months before the trip. Oh, when I was meant to be in Hungary, my nan died of cancer and I was at her bedside. So that the, like the, the Holy Spirit knows what we're walking into. He knows what's ahead of us. And he knew that in that time, his will was for me to be with my mum and dad and my family and my nan. So that I learned, that was such an important lesson. Like, wow, I learned through that experience to be guided by the peace of God. If you're about to do something and you lose your peace, just don't do it. Even No, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter even if it's the most great thing in the world ever. If you lose your peace, be guided by peace. Okay, that's number one, the peace, peace of Holy Spirit. Number two is conviction. The Holy Spirit, Jesus said the Holy Spirit has come to lead us into all truth and to, the Holy Spirit has come to convict, convict us of our sin. So this, this works through our conscience. So this is, a, this is one way to explain it. So before I became a Christian, I used to blaspheme all the time. Oh, oh my, the, oh my, you know, people do, they do it all the time, they blaspheme. Oh my God, that's what I'm trying to say, just in case you're wondering what she's talking about. So using God's name in vain, I used to do it all the time. As soon as I got born again and filled with the Holy Spirit, every time I blasphemed, I felt really bad. And I, like, I had absolutely no idea that blaspheming was wrong. 
until I got born again and carried on blaspheming. And then I just felt really bad. Every time I did it, I was like, why do I feel so bad? The Holy Spirit convicted me. I needed to stop blaspheming. And I think, I think that was the first thing that the Holy Spirit convicted me of. So the Holy Spirit will, will convict you. If you're doing something wrong, he'll convict you. And um, thank God for him ministering to us in that way you will you will know in your conscience that you have just done something wrong or you're about to do something wrong um the holy spirit like convicts me if i if i've gossiped about someone or if i've been rude or if i've been short with someone i, I just feel really bad and i know that it's the holy spirit convicting me even yesterday i am um, i sent kerry a joke on whatsapp but to be honest with you, it was at the expense of another person and I felt so convicted, I had to delete it because the Holy Spirit convicted me because I'd made it, like, it was really funny. It was, it was an absolute, like, laugh out loud, but it, I didn't even really think about it on the surface, but the truth of the matter was the joke was at the expense of another person and I felt convicted, so I had to delete it. So thank you, Holy Spirit, for convicting us and leading us into all righteousness. Um, Another time recently, someone was telling me that they, they had been, um, they'd been at a Benny, Benny Hinn conference and that they were the bodyguard of, of um, one of the pastors, like they were assigned to guard him. And, he's, and he said to me, oh, you know, um, Benny Hinn had nine security guards. And immediately when he said that, I, I had a judgmental thought about Benny Hinn in my head. I thought, oh, why would he need like nine security guards? And so I, I said to my, my friend who I was having this conversation with, why does he need nine security guards? So immediately, as soon as I've said that, I have tempted my friend into gossip. I've invited my friend to start gossiping to me. And he's a young Christian as well. And he started like sort of giving, giving a judgmental opinion about why Benny Hinn needs nine bodyguards. But it was my fault that he started doing it because I asked a question. I enticed him into the gossiping conversation. And as he started speaking, I felt so convicted. I just felt the Holy Spirit convicting me. And I had to stop and I said, I'm really sorry that I've asked you that question because do you know what? We're just judging Benny Hinn now and gossiping about him. Please forgive me for causing you to sin. And he was like, yeah, you're right. Let's, let's change this conversation. I felt so convicted by the Holy Spirit. So in small things and big things, the Holy Spirit will convict you. So listen to him. And if you do get convicted of something, what, one of the things that I feel was really helpful is to confess it to someone else and to tell them, listen, in, in this, I mean, this is such a swallow your pride thing when you get convicted by the Holy Spirit, but to confess it to someone else, like, I, I did it to Rich quite a lot. I say like, Rich, like, I've done, I feel like the Holy Spirit's convicting me of this. And it's just like that little final now in the pride, do you know what I mean? To have to tell, to have to admit to someone else what a wrong you are, it kind of like helps you to like crucify the flesh a little bit more, you know? And also this, and this is massive. Are you ready for this? No, you're not going to like this. If you get convicted for doing something to someone else, Hold it. Say sorry. I know. <laughs> no one wants to be apologising to their family members. It's like, but listen, say sorry. Say sorry if you're rude. Say sorry if you were short. Say sorry if you lost your temper. Say sorry if you made them do something just because you were in a bad mood. Say sorry. That is another, another way to let that conviction of the Holy Spirit really fully express itself in your life. If you can be quick to swallow your pride and say sorry. Sometimes it's so hard. It's like the word, don't they? You just think, oh, I don't want to say sorry. Like, 
I'm not sorry. But tell someone else and say sorry. And then the other thing to remember is that conviction is a journey for every person. So we need to learn as Christians not to play the role of the Holy Spirit in people's lives. We do need to challenge people in love. But if the Holy Spirit isn't convicting someone of something, can you wade in and tell them like this is wrong, that is wrong? It can have a detrimental effect. So you're not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. So even if you look at someone's life and you're judging them and you're thinking, oh, I can't believe they're doing that. That's unbelievable. Maybe the Holy Spirit hasn't convicted them of that. Maybe the Holy Spirit's working on another area of their life and you're not being asked to play that role. So it's a fine balance, but just to be aware that, that it's a journey. Our, our walk with holiness is a journey. So you, you might, so I've just had a big rant about television programs. You might be allowed to watch a really ungodly program. <laughs> Like the Holy Spirit might be sitting there with you in your living room laughing along with you, enjoying it. But I just know them for myself. I'm not allowed to watch certain things, but you might be so crack on. You've got to have your own relationship with the Holy Spirit to know. Um, yeah, everyone's on a journey with the Holy Spirit. So, okay, number three. So that was peace, conviction. Number three. The Holy Spirit can drop a thought or an idea into your mind. So if, if the thought or the idea is, is from the Holy Spirit, what I often find is that it will be accompanied with like an energy and an excitement and an unction, like an unction to function, as Michelle says, or, or a boldness. So like this thought will come and, it, and it's like it's an empowered thought in a good way. And then... Um, you know, it won't go away. And I, and I think if it's the Holy Spirit, if, it, if it's dropped in your mind and then you might sort of forget it, it will come back to you again and you'll remember again, oh yeah. So that that's one of the ways that the Holy Spirit, we can be finely tuned to the Holy Spirit. So in areas that the Holy Spirit can, can drop those thoughts in our minds, again, with money, the Holy Spirit might drop it into your mind. I want you to give so-and-so like 10 pounds or I want you to invest so-and-so into so-and-so. And yeah, like, we need to think, oh, is that the Holy Spirit? And just like take the time to reflect on the form and say, is that you, Lord? And then if it is, like come into agreement with what he's telling you to do and say, okay, Lord, yeah, if that's you. And sometimes the Holy Spirit asks us to do things that are really difficult and sacrificial that we don't actually want to do. Like maybe Peter didn't want to go downstairs. Maybe Philip didn't want to go and walk alongside that chariot, but they did. And that, that's the thing, like, so if a thought comes to you and you're like, okay, Holy Spirit, like what I'm encouraging you to do is to submit to the Holy Spirit if he tells you to do something. The Holy Spirit might tell you to make a phone call. The Holy Spirit might tell you to message someone or, or visit someone, obviously not in lockdown, but um, yeah, the Holy Spirit can just drop a person in your mind. If you, if you find that someone is just on your mind and it's random and it's not because of a train of thought that's led you to thinking about that person, but they're sort of like dropped in your mind, maybe the Holy Spirit wants you to reach out to them. The Holy Spirit can speak to you about how to bless someone. So it's not always with finances, but maybe there's an act of service that you can do someone. Maybe the Holy Spirit might tell you, go and offer to mow that person's grass. Go and offer to babysit for that person. The Holy Spirit might tell you to give a gift to someone. I remember when um, I was at Soul Survivor once and I was worshipping and I felt the Holy Spirit tell me to give my bed to someone. 
So I got home from Soul Survivor and gave someone my bed. Now, the really amazing thing about that is about a week later, Alan and Babs, Babs said, oh, you don't know anyone who needs a bed, do you? You've got this really expensive bed with a fantastic mattress, but it's no good for my back. I was like, yeah, I need a bed. I'm sleeping on the floor because I just gave my bed away. So, you know, like, I didn't want to give my bed away, but God's always got a plan. You can't outgive God. The measure that you use in giving is the measure that will be measured back to you in what you receive. It's a win-win, even though sometimes you have to crucify the flesh. Um, sometimes the Holy Spirit will give you an idea for, for the ministry that he wants you to be involved with or for what he wants you to do. Um, sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell you to go to a certain place. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell you to get alongside a certain person or a family. And I really believe that this is massive in the body of Christ. I really believe that that every single person is laid on someone's heart because uh, that's just how the Holy Spirit must work like that, mustn't he? So everyone who's part of the body of Christ would have someone who just loves that family or loves that person so much that they'll do anything for them, get alongside them, help them, build them up, encourage them. And the Holy Spirit might have put people on your heart where you think, I'll do anything for that family. And Drew spoke a bit about it last week and he said, you know, let's tune into the Holy Spirit and make sure that we're drawing everyone in. And he particularly spoke about Vanette's family. He said, come on, guys, let's stand with Vanette in prayer. Let's see if Vanette's got any needs. Let's stand with that family. So who is it that the Holy Spirit is asking you to get alongside? Um, so, yeah, big things and small things. I remember when the Holy Spirit said to me, I mean, this was massive. When I was a teacher, the Holy Spirit said to me, I want you to give up teaching. So that's massive. That's like a whole big, big, like, wow, whoa, whoa, career change. But then there's a little thing where the Holy Spirit really laid someone on my heart the other week who I haven't spoke to for ages. And I, and I rang them up and they were going through a massive crisis and I was able to really encourage them. So that's a small thing, phoning someone or a big thing, like change your whole career. Go and work as a missionary in Uzbekistan, you know, big things and small things. Um, I would encourage you to get confirmation if, you, if, it, if it is about being a missionary in Uzbekistan. I would encourage you to speak to other wise Christians and get some confirmation. About making phone calls, I don't really probably think you don't need to get any confirmation for that. Just make the phone call. But if the Lord is calling you to do really big life-changing things, then get the body of Christ around you to pray with you and to confirm it and to agree. Okay, uh, last one. Although, like I said, this isn't exhaustive, but... The last way that the Holy Spirit, that I've written that the Holy Spirit can speak to us is through the gifts of the Holy Spirit that he gives to the church. So in um, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, it says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us as a means of helping the entire church. So the spiritual gifts, things like special knowledge, um, prophecy, wise advice. So someone might come to you and speak to you and the Holy Spirit is using that person to speak to you. So someone might come with a bit of wise advice or a prophecy or a word of knowledge. And that is the Holy Spirit coming and speaking to you. So what? So like Drew last week, he spoke, to, he spoke into loads of people's lives of what the Holy Spirit was saying. And so loads of us got direction and instruction from the Holy Spirit through what Drew was sharing with us. Because Drew, in that moment, was operating as a prophet using the gift of prophecy thank you lord for that like wow how amazing um so this is this is really important thing i want to say about that if you receive a word from the holy spirit in this way 
don't cancel it out by not agreeing with it with your words so for example back in december 2018 that guy steve came to our church and he said to me the lord's going to give you a house i received that message and i believe in faith that the lord is going to give me a house like i just believe it now i could have got that word and gone no i don't think that's going to happen how's that going to happen no that's totally impossible like god can't give me a house i could have completely cancelled that word out with my negative words and my lack of faith so if you get a word from the holy spirit receive it in faith and agree with it so if the Holy Spirit says to you, for example, like you're, God's going to use you to teach others and you think, how's that going to happen? I'm thick. Don't speak that out and say, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Like, Because you might think you're thick, but God knows the truth. God knows that he can use you to teach other people. So agree with what God says about you. I mean, that's a principle for life. Like, don't, don't say what you think. Agree with what God says. And God can use a donkey, so he can certainly use you. God used a donkey to speak into someone's life. So there's no reason that you can count yourself out. So if the Holy Spirit says something to you, please be mature, receive it with faith and agree with it. Don't count it out by saying, no, not me, Lord. That's very immature. Okay, on a serious note, the Holy Spirit can be grieved and the Holy Spirit can be quenched. And I, I do have a fear of that. And like even, even speaking today, like I'm, quite, I'm kind of like quaking in my boots because I've been walking with the Lord now for nearly 22 years. So I know that there are countless times, I don't know, but it's recorded in heaven. There are countless times that I've ignored the Holy Spirit and that there are also countless times that I've disobeyed the Holy Spirit when he's told me to do something and I haven't done it. I just, I just know that. And so I'm not like coming to you with this message today as a woman who has um, been like a scalpel in the Holy Spirit's hand or a finely tuned radio. Like I'm not sitting here today and telling you like, guys, do you know what? Every single thing the Holy Spirit has told me to do, I've done it because that, that I'd be lying if I said that. I don't, I'm scared to say that I've probably, I've grieved the Holy Spirit and I've quenched the Holy Spirit and uh, I've made decisions sometimes that have not made me a vessel that the Holy Spirit can work through. So that's just the truth of the matter. Just to remember that we can grieve the Holy Spirit and we can quench him. And I guess that's one of my biggest fears, really. And I know that everything we do is recorded and um, every word that we speak is recorded and we will be judged for that. So, yeah, that is a fear of mine. And then I don't want to have too many regrets, you know, any regrets. I do want to be finely tuned and I do want to be more obedient and I do want to be a scalpel in the Lord's hands. So, um, yeah. Do you feel like that too? Do you want to be that? Yeah. So, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do today?
if the Holy Spirit tells you to go downstairs, then go downstairs. And if the Holy Spirit tells you to go and walk alongside the chariot, then go and walk alongside the chariot because, my friends, the kingdom of God is our number one priority. And that's what the Holy Spirit's doing. He's building the kingdom. The Holy Spirit is mobilising the church. He's been sending disciples for centuries. That's what he's been doing. And we want to be mobilised. So let's pray. Oh, so awesome. If you, if you uh, feel that you want to yield to the Holy Spirit, can I just encourage you to... Like hold out your hands and let's like let's in our hearts really position ourselves and to submit and maybe the Holy Spirit will have to literally wrestle some of us to the ground but let's submit and yield to Holy Spirit and it's a really bold prayer but um Shall we say, Holy Spirit, I submit to you. I mean, we, we kind of use those glib phrases all the time, but what if the Holy Spirit, what if you say that you're going to submit to the Holy Spirit and he does call you to Uzbekistan? Are you still submitted? What if you say that you're submitted to the Holy Spirit and he tells you that chains and hardships will follow you where you go are you still submitted i i just want to wrestle with my flesh and say like yes lord i submit ah help me lord help me lord help me lord help my church lord help every single one of my brothers and sisters who's listening lord pamalas lord help us to beat ourselves into submission we need your grace upon us lord we're we're so excited about our relationship with you holy spirit yet we grapple with our flesh and so i pray for the grace of god to come upon us lord please holy spirit let the grace of god come upon me let the grace of god come upon rich let the grace of god come upon every person who's listening Thank you, Lord. Oh, Holy Spirit, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming into our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for sending your Holy Spirit. May we now, for the rest of our lives, be finely tuned to your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Lord, I just pray now for a release of the gift of, gifts of the Holy Spirit to build up the entire church. Lord, I pray that you would release a, a wisdom, special knowledge and um, prophecy. Yeah, thank you, Lord.